And uh, I guess it's time to record a podcast, uh, episode 25 of The Photographer. The Photographer. You think I'd learn how to say the, uh, <laughs> the name of the podcast by episode 25? The Photography Brothers podcast. And we have a, a very special guest uh, for all of you today. Uh, normally, I don't reveal the name of the guest right away. Um, but in this case, their name is going to be in the song, which is coming up right after this uh, brief uh, this brief banter up top here. So uh, we have we have Alexi on the show today, uh, a good friend of mine. Uh, one could say a photography mentor of mine, if you want to use a, uh, a very flattering and fancy word. Um, and Alexi, I'm going to try to pronounce his last name, Malakov. Is that right? Yep. Wow. It's historically the first time we've ever pronounced the name correctly on the podcast. <laughs> well, you know him, so <laughs> that helps. <laughs> we, would, we would hope so, right? But uh, yeah, there's mistakes can still be made. Um, and uh, yeah, in order to uh, to make Alexi feel a little bit more comfortable today on the podcast, I tried to get some smoked meats uh, sent to his house, but it didn't quite work out. I didn't think that that would, uh, I, I didn't trust them to, to deliver uh, quality smoked meats, but uh, next time we'll have some some smoked fish, some haddock, whatever it is. Um, but I did think that uh, in, in honor of Alexi here on the show uh, for episode 25, we're going to try out some new uh, names for me and Michael. So our actual uh, Russian names. So for Michael, uh, and Alexi's going to help me with pronunciations, hopefully back me up on this. Uh, M- Mikhail, like Mikhail Gorbachev, Mikhail. right? Mikhail. 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 There is Mikhail. A less of K and more yeah. of a H. More of a, a H. Harassment. Yeah. Mikhail. 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 Yeah. And then uh, Costa is Latin for ribs. So that's uh, ribro, right? Ribro is a rib. Yes. And it's Costa. It's a soft yeah at the end yeah okay Kostia. so yeah Kostia. so mikhail mm-hmm. rebro i think no no he said it was kostya well Kostia. no no hold on a second kostya is a first uh, name constantine ah yeah yeah, yeah. but so if you, means rib, if you so want to have a uh, last name in that case rebro as a rib yeah. is yeah. Um, uncommon but not impossible <laughs> last no. name okay it would actually be uh, Closable. Okay. All right. Okay. Good to okay. know. Good to know. Uh, and then for myself, um, so Jared, uh, Russian people who I've met, uh, my fiance is also Russian, so they'll just like shorten my name to Jaredik sometimes. Uh, <laughs> hope, hope that that uh, checks out. And uh, uh, Poirier, which is like French for like a pear guy, right? Like a pear. <laughs> Uh, someone who loves pears and uh, all his friends are pears. Uh, Grusha is the the Russian word for pear, right, Alexi? It is. Yeah. Okay. So uh, so hopefully uh, you know everybody loves our uh, new Russian names. Uh, I am Sherdik Grusha, and uh, we have over there um, Michael. What's your name? Your Russian name? Uh, Mikhaya, Mikhail. Mikhail. <laughs> Mikhail. Yeah. Mikhail. Mikhail. Uh huh. Mikhail, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, get in there. Uh, it's like ri, ri, uh, rib, bro, rib, 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 bro. Right, guys, I'm not. I'm. I've already forgotten. Okay, <laughs> look, we'll just go. Imagine what it's sure, like being Russian. Okay. Yeah. I know. I know. But here's my question for you. Okay, Mike. If you just shorten it, Mike is mm. Mike, isn't it? I mean, you're not. You're not. There's not a Russian Misha. way of saying. Misha. Okay, well, there you yeah. go, Misha. Okay. Misha. Okay, so Misha be, is uh, a friendly version of Misha, uh, Mikhail. Like uh, Michael, version. what's on your passport? Mike is what uh, friends or family call you. It's a uh, friendly and uh, somewhat endearing. Okay. So there you okay. go. Okay. How do you so pronounce that again? Misha. Misha. Okay. Yep. Beautiful. Perfect, perfect. Uh, I can only loop this intro so many times, though, so we better get into the song. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a lot, a lot of looping for me later, but that's okay. I'm, uh, I'm up for it. So, if you guys are ready for a little song action, mm-hmm. uh, if you bring feel, it up. If you'll indulge me, a bit of a song for everybody today. Okay, here we go. Mm-hmm. 
we started recording a podcast. Michael and Jared and we're having a blast. We found a great guest. His name's Alexi and he's about to drop some wisdom and talk photography. The Photography Brothers. The Photography Brothers. Uh, ow! Dear listeners, I am your photographer, Jared Grisha, and <laughs> welcome to the Photography Brothers podcast. We have another uh, great photographer over there, second wonderful photographer. What's your name, buddy? My name is Michael. Uh, <laughs> I know you wanted me to use the Russian. I'm go- my name is Michael. Okay, Michael okay. Costa, also okay. known as the Growing Photographer. Hi guys, uh, how he, you doing? He means Misha, Misha Ribro, but uh, that's fine. Okay. And uh, we have on the show today as well a third amazing photographer. Um, yeah, who who are you? Hey, um, well, full name is uh, Alexey Malachov, but um, here I just go by Alex because it's easier for everyone. And I don't need to teach people pronunciation of this. And you know what? Since it's been three weeks since I became more Canadian than I am Russian, uh, I might as well just stick to a localized name. Good enough for me. Three weeks? What happened? Well, three weeks ago was exactly 20 years of me living in Russia and Canada down to an hour. So uh, I had a few shots of maple flavored vodka. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and because of the current lockdown rules, had to keep it at that. But yeah. once we're allowed together... Mm. You didn't want to go with like a Canadian whiskey or something like that? That would have been too far, right? Um. Well, initially I was planning to throw a little bit of the party and have like half table of Canadian food and half table of uh, specialty Russian food. Yeah. Well, that cool. didn't really happen. Yeah. So, uh, you know... But uh, it, it just I just kind of wanted to honor both cultures, both countries. I kind of have a thing. I like to cook. Uh, not a professional chef. I just like messing around with food and then consuming it all. So, uh, yeah. Um, Cheap, but, cheaper well, than Uber Eats, man. It's cheaper than Uber Eats. Almost mm. everything is cheaper than Uber Eats, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ain't that the truth. Uh. Yeah, soon. If I, if I can just, uh, you know, stop my uber eats addiction then i could pretty much buy whatever i want yacht (laughs) tell me about private jet you know new camera i mean i'm still shooting on this dslr and it's just because of all these uber eats i've been getting you could be shooting on a sony right now if you uh yeah yeah Yeah, if i wanted to if i wanted to live that life that sony life but uh we're not we're not here to talk about sony versus canon i mean we might later um but we're here to talk about (laughs) alexi so alexi uh thank you so much for being here man it's uh really exciting to finally have you on the podcast uh i kind of mentioned a little bit earlier um but Alexi is one of the one of the reasons um, why I'm sitting here in this chair right now. Uh, one of the reasons why I became a photographer in the first place. Uh, one of the people who got me into that. I had always been uh, into art and stuff. Um, but uh, Alexi was one of those people who showed me early on that. Uh, I mean, you know, I'll be honest. None of us are millionaires, <laughs> but uh, that you can that you can make a living uh, doing this stuff and you can make it your lifestyle. So appreciate you uh, being here, man. And uh, maybe one good thing to to kind of open things up uh why don't you tell us a little bit about your i mean you told us a little bit about your personal background uh but maybe your history of a as a photographer and um you know what type of photo shoots you like doing the most maybe that's a good jumping off point well um first of all thank you for having me here and uh so much praise sorry i'm not really blushing much on camera i don't have much experience in that but uh (laughs) In terms of general, well, generally it all started, boy, 31 year ago. Uh, my stepfather got me my first uh, camera for a birthday gift. As a matter of fact, still have it right here. Still have uh, it. Nice. Nice little uh, pocket thing, a wow. plastic thing, pocket size pretty much. It's a... Uh, even glass and lens is actually just a nice plastic. Um, <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, these That's things were... Uh, harder to break. 
you know, it actually is. That's probably one of the reasons why it survived so long. It's a bit of TLC, but uh, can still work. So mm-hmm. with that thing, I was still a little kid, didn't understand anything, especially when it comes to all the film and development and stuff. So yeah. my stepfather and his buddies who were amateur, like avid photographers, um, they were do- taking care of all of that. But um, one of the things that I really liked is that I can just push the button and stop the time. For a kid growing up uh, back home, that was absolutely unimaginable sort of a power mystical thing. Um, Still don't really understand it to the point, but uh, that has been sort of my on and off hobby for a very, very long time. Um, Fast forwarding nearly 20 years, um, I met a guy who became uh, my really good friend and um, uh, we spoke about photography a little bit. I already had my first digital camera at the time, one of the Sony Bridges uh, back in the days. And uh, he once took a look at some of my pictures and he said a very interesting thing. He said, you have a good eye, but you have no idea what you're doing. (laughs) And uh, you know, he sent me the first articles about photography and uh, it just so happened that something that I've just been doing mindlessly for pretty much my entire life on and off here and there started shaping up with some sort of, uh, you know, understanding and control. Little by little, uh, it all uh, been, you know, developing until uh, I decided that I want to try taking it more or less seriously and he sort of took it under his wing you know, just uh, giving me a little bit of, you know, in-depth ideas rather than just, uh, you know, sending me off to another article. So a few years fast forward, you know, I got my first 20 bucks for a photo shoot uh, that took me, I don't know, almost three years of uh, practicing and running all kinds of little experiments and failing vast majority of them. That was more money back then. That was like 25 bucks, you know, inflation. Well, yes. Uh, I mean, it still amounted to almost the same number of cans of beer, so it was all right. Uh, <laughs> Depends on the brand. True that. True that. So uh, later on, um, you know, at one point I realized that I want to pursue it as a long-term uh, thing. Started uh, picking up a little bit of uh, skill, a little bit of practice, a little bit of knowledge here and there, and. Uh, uh, started doing it as a little bit of side gig about, boy, was it six or seven years ago? Uh, in the midsummer, I lost uh, my uh, uh, job at the time. I was working at the private art college in a student services department. And uh, I decided that that's a good sign, probably, for me to try doing it, you know, completely freelance. Nice. I tried that. It took me over two years before photography brought me enough to uh, pay my rent with. Mm-hmm. But the dream, the dream. It's um, you know, when you believe in it, the grind is worth it. And um, I mean, this is not my, my case is not the same as many. Like you know, if you have a startup capital, you know, you got like thirty grand to just throw into your marketing, education, and stuff, and mm-hmm. you know, uh, you can have a foot on the door much easier, faster, and more solid than me who, you know, just decided that, hey, you know, I'll take this pretty questionable life situation as maybe a blessing in disguise. So uh, I didn't have, you know, 30 grand kicking around collecting dust on my accounts. Uh, So, you know, that forced me to take it slow, but Fast forward, here I am now doing pretty much nothing but photography and photography related uh, work for a few years now and managing to survive in the downtown Toronto. If anything, that's a success story in my books, not to toot my own horn. <laughs> yeah, I would I would agree with that. Uh, yep. Any, any questions of- uh, coming to your mind there, Michael? Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess one question I had for you um alex was you know going through your your work uh for one it's all really good like i was looking through your portfolio and obviously you have you know a mix of of headshots portraits couples photography 
and events. Uh, and so one question I had for you um, was, and I have, I have a guess, I have a guess, but I'm probably off. But based on what you just said when in describing, you know, kind of some of the, the aspects of photography that got you into it and being able to freeze time, what is your, you know, favorite of the bunch to, to kind of get through? And is it event photography? <laughs> it's mostly event photography. Uh, okay. I worked directly for a city hall a few times. Uh, uh, bell box murals, the ones that uh, paint all this fancy, beautiful murals on bell boxes. If you've seen them all over the city, I worked with uh, them, an awful lot of corporate entities, you know, infrastructure Ontario. I don't even know if they're part of government or corporate world, but you know, all those kind of uh, clients, you know, private, you know, birthday parties in the basement of parents' house. Don't need to ask me twice. So those are my main thing and uh, a fair bit of just uh, personal uh, portraiture. So I do some studio and outdoor work with uh, families, uh, just individuals, uh, believe it or not, even some people who are, um, you know, Instagram personalities, you know, every now and then need a bunch of uh, you know, quality work to, you know, boost up their online presence things like mm -hmm. that. That's pretty much most of it. I mean, I don't shy away from majority of photography work, but the bread and butter and also things that make it work for me to wake up Monday mornings are those. That's awesome. Yeah. No, man. I mean, I, I've, uh, you know, I've shot a little bit of event in the past. I wouldn't call it my primary, but there is something very satisfying I find about it where, uh, you know, it's the candid you know, on the spot nature of it, you know, you, 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 you turn, you see that shot, you take it and you look through your viewfinder. You're like, Oh man, that was, I got that candid moment. And, yep. uh, I, I personally find that it, yeah, it is, again, it's not necessarily what I, I focus around, but it is one of the more, it can be one of the more rewarding, uh, uh, you know, types of photography to, to capture. I find. Yeah. True. True. Yeah, I want to I want to switch gears for a second, guys, if it's cool. We're, we're talking a little bit about uh, the type of work that you do, Alexi, and that's yep. uh, that's good stuff. But uh, we want we want to get some drama on the podcast as well. Ooh. So I think probably uh, another good question uh, would be uh, around gear. Right. Um, and particularly for let's say particularly for your um, like portraiture, uh, that type of photography, uh, what type of gear are you using uh, right now and why? Well, my uh, workhorse is uh, Canon 6D, the first generation. Why? Well, I got it on a good deal. It's a workhorse that gets the job done and uh, an awful lot of extremely precise tinkering features that other cameras have are not really relevant uh, for my work. When it comes to a photojournalistic work, 90% of time, if not more, I have enough light so I don't need to worry about my camera being able or not being able to land a focus. So I don't mm -hmm. need more expensive models like 5D Mark IV. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Also, because it's not particularly expensive, especially these days, now that second generation has been out for a while, it means that if, God forbid, anything happens to it, replacing it is much easier than something that's quadruple the cost. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Also, if I am to need to buy two uh, bodies of the same type, then, you know, it's much, it's much more manageable. I also do mm -hmm. have uh, 70D, which I usually use for... Uh, just a little bit of uh, video work, mainly because of the lightweightness and the uh, flip out screen, which I'm currently mm -hmm. recording myself on. And I do have a 5D Mark II, which I jumped on because my body was selling it for almost nothing and a high five. And I figured, you know, <laughs> it's never a bad idea to uh, get one of those. So basically, I use 6D and 5D Mark II uh, as a pair when I shoot events, so I have mm -hmm. a double shoulder holster and uh, I have uh, you know, a harness and I have one camera on one, one camera on the other. But otherwise, the original 6D is really getting the job done for me. Um, lens of choice for most of my work is uh, Canon's uh, 24 f4 USM-L. 
It's a phenomenal lens. Has been through a couple of repairs and super still, quiet. The autofocus it's quiet is like super quiet. And yeah. it's getting the job done. Because a lot of my work is very journalistic, I don't need a razor thin depth of field. I need to be able to show the scenery and to not miss focus on what's important. Mm -hmm. F4 mm -hmm. lens gets a job. Uh, back in the old film days, the rule of thumb for, for a journalist was simple, F8 and be there. So in my case, I'm doing exactly that. I'm stopping it down. And uh, since I do a fair bit of studio work, I almost never go below, uh, almost never need to go below F4. Like if I'm doing, you know, headshots, it's easily F10. So I don't particularly care for super fast lenses. I mean, I do have, you know, 51.4 and 1.8 and, uh, you know, the, the 70, uh, 200, uh, you know, 2.8, it's sitting right there by my side. But uh, the main thing for my studio work, for my any sort of event or journalistic work and for shooting things like products, because I do a fair bit of uh, studio product photography these days. Mm -hmm. You know, for those, a versatility of going 24, one of five is absolutely unbeatable. Yeah, man. And that's uh, studio you, lighting and all the jazz. We'll talk, we'll talk a little bit about lighting, but uh, yeah, I just, I love hearing that. Uh, the, everything that you just said, I, I felt like it could have been coming out of my own mouth, Alexi. Like the point about, you know, um, just having having that practical gear, the gear that you need and uh, not anything, you know, more expensive or extravagant than that. Um, I actually got the exact same camera that uh, <laughs> after shooting on Alexi's uh, 6D, I got the 6D Mark II. And uh, pretty funny, I, right after I got it uh, here at Henry's in downtown, I don't know if you guys know uh, the layout of Toronto very well, but the, they put the really expensive camera stores in a really bad area of town. Mm. <laughs> no, maybe just because the rent is cheap there, right? Do you remember this, Alexi, when I got my yes, camera? I yeah, yeah, oh, yes, yeah. I do. <laughs> so I got my camera there and I was very excited to have it. So um, just walked out of the camera store basically and started opening it up, uh, opening my camera up right there on... Uh, <laughs> on Queen Street East and Alexi walks by sees me doing it and he's just like what are you doing man go home and open that camera <laughs> guy busted me you see this is why I need some good um some good photography advice you know he ta taught me a lot so yeah getting that uh getting that 6d mark ii I mean I do love it there's times I think about upgrading getting into like mirrorless cameras I will do it uh eventually It'll there'll be uh, you know a big to do about it on the podcast when I do, um, but especially that point as well about like getting the the second unit right like uh, when my second shooter was upgrading his camera and he had like a, a, a real old uh, Nikon crop sensor and I actually uh, recommended the 6D Mark II if he's going to be shooting with me a lot then you know when we go out on our shoots for uh, for Ascari for the restaurant and things like that uh, we actually have two identical cameras right and uh, just the the workflow of that becomes uh becomes pretty easy right yep uh i wanted to ask you a question on lighting um Please. you had brought that up earlier in your answer but um you know even just looking through your portfolio it's something that you can you can tell you have a really good handle on and and that is something that you know i find that a lot of growing photographers you know can be intimidated by and so you know when it comes to to you know bringing your own lighting um you know, you know, we can use portraiture as an example, but in general, you know, I'd be curious to know, you know, for one, you know, what, what do you use as your, you know, your, your, your lighting equipment and, and, you know, what are some tips you might have for, for someone who uh, wants to, to start using, you know, their lighting a bit more? Okay. That's a fair bit of a question. So uh, I'm going to try to pack uh, it a little and, uh, you know, if you need any, additional side tangents or anything, just let me know that. So in terms of lighting, one of the things that really kind of set up the framework of thinking for me when it comes to lighting is a very simple realization, which a lot of people seem to just gloss over, is that photography is actually not an English word. Photography, painting with light. Well, if you don't have light, you don't have painting. If you don't control your light, it's like 
you know, deep in the dead squirrel in the paint I'm throwing to the canvas. You can't expect a lot. So if, if so, it's not an English word, it's a what word? What language? I actually don't remember whether oh. it's Greek or <laughs> And don't quote me on that. It's been a while since I was out of it's, high school where I actually had to learn some of this But it's stuff. either Greek or Latin, folks. You heard it here on the pod. Could be German. Who knows? <laughs> Could be German. Uh, don't quote me. But for... We know it's not English. It, it's, well, yes. I mean, it's kind of became an English word, yeah. but the roots... Photography yeah, yeah. are uh, um, painting know, with not light. originally. Yeah, it's painting with light. And mm -hmm. uh, apparently, originally, what it was is that some lazy painters would uh, put a very simplified lens in front of their subjects, propped up, and that would cast the inverted image on the wall. They would just oh. put a canvas there and literally just paint over what they oh. just saw there. And uh, created that. That was considered to be a nasty hack back in the art days. Mm. But there is a couple of painters, and I don't have names handy right now, but they're totally Googleable, uh, that have been busted uh, overdoing that. And the, you know, their reputation is kind of questionable. But looks like they created photography as we know it. Well, mm. much, much, much earlier than the original process. In which way? So never so, underestimate the power of laziness, Alexi. <laughs> I call it efficiency. <laughs> Efficiency. Right. Efficiency. So, uh, yeah. So basically, with that in mind, if your lighting is not taken care of, then neither is the quality of your product. You might mm. just lock out and just, you know, point the camera, push the button, done, and everything lined up. Well, what if it didn't? So uh, this is where it comes, the point of, you know, taking care of these things and putting an effort. So... Once I figured out how the camera itself works and, you know, basics of a composition, how to work with people, I started looking at what is it like to, you know, control how things look like. Because if you're looking at, you know, a really nice, pretty model and, uh, you know, she's good looking and pretty and everything, and you want to record that. But thing to remember is that human brain analyzes an awful lot of things and it has a lot of, you know, emotional responses that make us like or dislike things. So mm -hmm. even if lighting is not favorable, we still can figure out how your subject would look like if the light were favorable. Well, the thing is, camera doesn't have a brain. So if you don't use your own, you kind of screwed for options. So in this case, what you do, you know, if you take, you know, if you just blindly push the button and get the picture, well, you can't convey what you felt about the model, her presence, or his presence, whatever it mm -hmm. is. And uh, you can't convey your feelings. All you can convey is that the lighting is sideways, and it gives the, the dark bill uh, no shadow across the face and adds 12 to 15 years of age to the image. Congratulations. <laughs> Hashtag sarcasm. Uh, so with that in mind, it becomes imperative to like when you're trying to raise the upper bar of your work to start looking at the lighting. So throughout the time, I went through the entirety of the options. First being just look for where the lighting is good. Move your subject around. Then go on eBay, blow 12 bucks, get yourself one of those tiny pop-up uh, reflectors. It will rip to pieces in three weeks. So you go and spend 20 bucks on a bigger and better one. Now all of a sudden you can do something interesting. Then you go and blow 40 bucks on a cheap ass uh, flash. These, and you know, these, it's not- These boys good. are 200 each that I've got on me right now. Yes. So get ready, you know? Yep, well, <laughs> I mean, you're eventually progressing farther and you get into the point where, you know, you're starting to use your own sources of light and where you're starting to create lighting rather than relying on existing one, well, you just venture it into the studio work. So um, to me, it's very imperative. It's one of those things where, you know, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing well in this particular case. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, especially when it comes to, you know, conveying something, you know, just you pushing the button is not going to put a fine print on the bottom of your picture saying, well, the photographer felt this and that, and now you need to, you know, understand these emotions and these feelings and this conveying, you know, uh, aspects of the subject. No, a photograph is like a joke. If you need to explain it, it's not a good joke. <laughs>
<laughs> I love that, man. That's sweet. Yeah. yeah. And it's, uh, it's, it's awesome to, to hear you, uh, talk, talk about lighting that way, man. And like the amount of, uh, research and, uh, you know, dedication that you've put into it. Like, uh, it's been a while since we've been able to hang out in person again, obvious reasons, I guess we could hang out with masks on, but that wouldn't be that much fun. Uh, but, no. but when we did used to, uh, to hang out and have some photo shooting sessions and stuff like that, uh, you know, I always saw that you were studying your, studying your photography, studying your lighting, you know, have your Renaissance paintings out there, looking at those, all the different techniques and, and everything like that. Um, I think it segues really well into the main thing uh, that you actually wanted to talk about here. Uh, so I think now might be a good time to, uh, now that we're here in the second half of the of the podcast, um, something that maybe we should discuss, um, putting more effort into your art, right? And that's something that uh, you and I talked a little bit before we jumped on the podcast, just... Uh, Something that uh, should be brought to light and maybe discussed a bit. So uh, let's talk about that a bit. So so what do you think that uh, in general with uh, some of the art that you're seeing, we don't have to limit it just to photography, but uh, you're kind of feeling that people aren't putting the, the effort in and the, the research in that they could be? Well, one thing there is that um, I can't speak for the overall art, uh, there's only so much that I know even about my own industry. You're but, the king of art, Alexi. You're the king of art. You can speak for all art. We're giving you don't the make me blush. dictator uh, of art today. For today. For the, till the end of this podcast, you're the dictator okay, of art. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, Limited I'll power. I'll need to dust off my crown, but okay, I'll take it. <laughs> it's actually a ring. You're just going to get a ring, not a crown, but mm, just as good. Man, I, oh, I, I mean, you're the dictator, so if you, if you want a crown. <laughs> you can have yeah. a crown. That's cool. <laughs> So, for me, it more pertains to uh, <clears throat> to the realm of people uh, somewhere in between. Someone like my mother, who uh, doesn't really use her phone camera or even her actual camera to any further degree than you know. Uh, oh, my memory is not too good, so I'm gonna travel to Italy and take a few pictures and. You know, maybe I'll look at them later on when, uh, you know, my uh, memory vanishes and I can't remember what it looked like. Oh, that's what it looked like. Awesome. And on the other side of the spectrum, someone like me who literally, you know, the moment when you work isn't up to uh, some sort of arbitrary standard that's always way above your top bar. Yeah. Boom, your client goes to someone else. How are you going to pay uh, your rent is anybody's guess. So somewhere in between, on all those hundreds of thousands of different gradations in between, there sits a certain pretty large bulk of people. And uh, it's not meant to be any sort of, uh, you know, stab at anybody, but more as a means of reflecting upon what can fairly easily be done to improve an awful lot. And that's an effort. One of the things that is pretty standard is that people treat photography as a replication of their own vision. And I'm talking about biological vision. So here I am, six foot tall, well, six one, but for the ease of conversation, six foot tall. I'm seeing something that's in front of me. I don't know, pretty puppy on the street. I want to take a picture, you know, swing out my cell phone right here six feet off the ground, straight forward, exactly the way my head is positioned, this is my camera position, push the button, done. <laughs> what does it do? Well, it does show me the exactly same thing. It's like a snapshot of the memory itself. Mm -hmm. Does it do the job of showing, you know, what has happened in front of me in case if brick hits my head and uh, I develop memory loss? Well, yeah, it'll do that. Now, what do I want to do? Well, this is where another part of effort is intention. If my intention is just, you know, record something as it happens and have nothing about that, sure. I mean, hell, there's a reason why we have cameras on cell phones and there is nothing, you know, wrong about using them to any degree. But let's say I'm seeing this puppy and I really like how small and fluffy that puppy is. Well, the thing is, I'm shooting. Six feet above, 
puppy is what, four inches tall? What the hell? You're gonna be able to barely see that. And now it's a microscopic thing on an asphalt with a whole bunch of street view all around it. Mm-hmm. And now what? You're gonna need to zoom in every time and then do a 20 minute speech about how fluffy that the dog was. <laughs> if it needs an explanation, it's not a good joke. But what do you do in this case? Well, it's, in this particular case, pretty simple. You're above, dog is below. Get down. You can't tell the dog to levitate. If you can, <laughs> um, I'll pay ticket prices to see that. But you can, and fairly easily for most people, get down and shoot right below. You know what? All of a sudden, you have physics on your side. <coughs> You're down much closer. The, the doggy looks uh, bigger. Of course, you can see all the fluff and everything. And now, because you're not shooting down, but you're shooting along the pavement, you have foreground, background, and a subject. What it means? You have the background blur. Now the dog stands out a little bit more, even on a cell phone picture. Congratulations. It's not a picture. It's a photograph. Yeah, yeah. Now we're starting to see something more interesting. Now, why it bothers me to any sort of degree? Well, first of all, because I do need to rant about something in my life. We got to talk about something on this podcast as well. (laughs) We got to talk about something. (laughs) Another reason, almost as important, is that I see an awful lot of people, you know, on a Facebook, of course, of all the places, an awful lot of pictures could have been improved vastly Mm. by a very small amount of effort. And... A lot of people are putting things out, you know, to show the world, to (laughs) express something, to um, just share, you know, what they've experienced. But if you're just, you know, as if having goggles or just (laughs) pushing the button, there's only so much you can convey. Yeah, you're showing that it was taken six feet off the ground, but beyond that, not an awful lot. If you want to put something into it that's a little bit more, to common Joe, it may not be a big deal. To someone who wants to actually, you know, maybe touch a photography industry, uh, you know, maybe start making some side income, maybe, uh, you know, just explore a way of communicating to the rest of the world through photography. Uh, even if you just want to get more likes on your goddamn Facebook feed, you know, <laughs> you got to make sure that you're doing something about it. Because it's very easy to take a beautiful subject and create a boring picture. But it takes an effort to take a boring subject and create a beautiful picture. And uh, this is where a bit of effort comes in. Now, it's very easy to say, well, not everyone can dance around with a whole bunch of uh, equipment. Well, almost nobody needs to. Mm-hmm. In reality, an awful lot of uh, pictures you know, can be done with a minimal stuff. For example, uh, <coughs> I've taken a picture just, you know, for illustration or purposes once uh, of the same person sitting on the same spot on the same uh, bench in a little eatery down on beaches uh, in the Queen East. And I've taken a picture from just two angles. One, we were inside and uh, there was a beautiful sunny day. Sun was just floating in from the massive, huge open window. And we were inside just grabbing a snack and uh, she asked me to take a picture and I said, I'll need to uh, take it from different angles. She said, no, 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 just, just do it now. I said, okay, sure. I took her picture and then I excused myself and I just walked around her and took the picture from same distance, 180 degrees over. Showed her the difference. The backlighting creating all the shadows on her face was one story. Me just literally doing as much effort as to follow the light. I walked, what, 20 steps? 16 seconds of time at most? And just that was enough effort for me to shoot along the light, not against the light. And all of a sudden, she's beautifully lit. And the place behind her is not blown out as a well-lit street, but it's a well-lit, nice uh, coffee shop or something. I don't remember what it was. And that is quite often the amount of effort uh, that is needed. You know, you're taking a look at your subject who's sitting by the window and the sideways light is rarely flattering. Well, 
how much effort that is to tell your subject to turn 45 degrees. Boom, all of a sudden you got yourself a nice diagonal 45 degree uh, <laughs> lighting, you know, turn your head, you know, Vernier one way, Rembrandt another way, done. You know, <clears throat> you photographing a kid, get down on the kid's level and step in a little bit. Mm. Or maybe you want to blow that background uh, into oblivion, throw on your long telephoto lens and you know what? Walk right over. If you need to get into the bushes, well, how much effort is your artwork worth? Mm-hmm. Your artwork yeah. is not worth walking, uh, you know, for a few seconds. I don't know. Sell a camera, grab a drum set. Uh, <laughs> you can always get a new pair of but, shoes, uh, right? This is just, even in the everyday, even in the everyday things, uh, a little bit of effort goes along, can go a long way. You know, it's, and it's applicable to an awful lot of things in life. By far, of course, not all of them, but, you know, how much effort it is to, uh, you know, sharpen your knives once a week. Sharpening a knife can take up to 30 seconds unless you're a sushi chef. How much easier it is to cook something when your knife just goes right through. Well, I'm a little crazy about my knives and I sharpen them like every couple of days. So, you know, it's a bit of an effort. Not a lot, but to raise the bottom bar, you don't need a lot of effort. And it's a simple thing. And uh, it's something that's within the reach of everyone. And you know what? If me ranting about this means that all of a sudden on my Facebook feed, all of the questionable quality pictures become less questionable quality pictures, who the hell, I just improved my own life experience. (laughs) Why not? Now everybody has better looking pictures uh, for themselves. What's not to like? So isn't that a better world, right? (laughs) You know, effort is sexy, you know? (laughs) Yeah, man. It's interesting. I I mean, yeah, I mean, like, if an image is worth, if you had the spark, the, if you're like, you know, if you had the interest to take a photo, you, you saw something, you know, I think of event photography as a good example of that. You, you turn, you, you see a good opportunity. Um, if it's worth taking the photo, then it's worth taking it right. Right. Yep. And, you know, one thing I find a lot and, you know, that lighting is something I've, I've tried to, you know, improve myself, um, you know, on, on for a little while now. Um, you know, I, I had a kind of a bit of a lack of familiarity with, um, you know, lighting different scenarios rather than, you know, rather than just like a stagnant shot. And, um, you know, one thing that I was finding earlier on in my career is that like when most of the times you'll set something up, you have the model where you want them or the product where you want it, you have this beautiful setup and something looks off 90% of the time it's the lighting, mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, I, I guess, you know, where I wanted to go, uh, transition this as well and keeping it in the same, you know, realm uh, of, you know, um, you know, your art and how you express it is, and I'd love to get your takes on this guys, is I think that there's also this spectrum of like people who are hyper-focused on getting the content out versus the people that are, yeah. uh, like super focused on their creative expression. And I think that there is like in, in between, because I find that, you know, when your focus is, you know, on just like getting that work, getting, maybe if it's a client, getting it to them quickly, or if it's, you know, uh, just capturing footage and, and publishing it online, maybe you're a YouTuber or you're, you know, a photographer and you're publishing on your, your portfolio or your site or, um, or your Instagram, um, you know, or the other side of it, you know, um, something you hear a lot about is, you know, um, done over perfect. And, and some people, when you're so over, you know, so obsessed with the creative expression, you find that you, you're like, ah, it's not done. It's not done. It's it's not perfect. And then it doesn't get out. Where do you think that like that line is when it, when it comes to, uh, you know, creative expression and, and just getting the thing out? Okay. I'll, I'm going to try that. So (laughs) my, uh, for me, the, the line and exact position of it is determined by the, you know, artistic or necessarily or corporate, whatever, by the intent. So if your intention is get it done quickly and speed is over quality, and I've done a few projects like that, it is, you know, in this case, you just have to understand where is that line where you're willing to say, 
I am not dropping this element of my quality, but I'm dropping this element of my quality, you know, than my luck, but it is what it is. In which case, you know, you already know uh, what to sacrifice. In case if it's your artistic intent and there is no pressing, well, take whatever time you need to. If you don't think you'll ever finish it, seriously, publish whatever you have, title it work in progress, you're done. Your social media is under uh, control and everything is going on, but you know, at least something is, wheels are rolling if you need them to. But a lot of that is uh, very much about what are you trying to do? And uh, a lot of people, when they're talking about photography, they're just, oh, I'm doing photography. No, photography is a tool to means, or is it means to an end? I'm still lost in English language. But the thing is, so are photography, we. Don't yeah, worry. yeah. <laughs> photography by itself, it can be something that you just like doing. You know, you just run around, stop time, and you're done with it. In which case, that's it. That's fine. But you know, I work, for example, with this client who is selling uh, wholesales of uh, bongs and smoking and vaping products. Well, when they get a sample of the product in their warehouse, they want local, you know, businesses line up to buy like cases of that product before the end of the day. So even if the picture is not insanely perfect, on their website, on a little box, nobody is gonna see all these microscopic things. Maybe there is a speckle of dust on your lens that got caught in. Yeah, it takes very little time these days to edit it out, but if you are on a tight clock, well, this is something that, at least in my current work, I can slide because I know exactly what kind of things are going to be visible and what kind of things are going to be invisible. And, uh, you know, <coughs> for that, they just need it to be fast. They need to be quick. They also have copywriters to produce, you know, the, the descriptions of everything. And those people start working by the time I made it home. Like their web design people with them are already putting together new pages and, you know, filling out, you know, product names and uh, prices and everything else. And they want it going. In this case, so long as my work is, you know, impressive enough to get people to just order a bunch of those and sell them at their shop, it's good enough. Right, because if you take extra time and you know, just uh, you know, <coughs> take extra time and make it super polished and perfect, by the time you're done, competitors already selling it. Boom, tough. So uh, this is where the line and corporate work. Now, when I'm working on my own things, um, <coughs> you know, I want to uh, make sure that it's perfect. So if I have to meet with my subject once again a week later and redo the whole thing from scratch because I realized that there is a mistake that I've made, well, who's who's pressing me? Nobody except for myself. I want to show the extent of my art. And if I did not reach it, try it again. So when when this is done, we're actually going to re-record this whole podcast. I think we could do it better the second time around. Not just... I can only do so many heart attacks a day and I've already had my feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we wouldn't do that to you. And it's been it's been a wonderful episode as well. So there, yeah. you know, there would be yeah. no reason to. Yeah. So basically, um, <laughs> yeah, when it comes to these things, it's basically understanding pretty in depth what constitutes your work, what kind of elements there are, you know, conceptual, visual, uh, technical, which ones will drop the whole project down and which ones the projects can survive without yep. and understand mm-hmm. where to draw your lines and where do you take your losses, where you cut your losses. This is exactly one of those things that makes people say that photography business is 10% photography, 90% business. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, and, and that's part of the, your effort as well, because you have to understand where to do it. And you know what? fighting your own self and saying, you know what? I don't think it's perfect, but breathe in, breathe out. Client, 
doesn't know and client doesn't care. It's okay. I'll polish it to my standard and publish on my Instagram. But now the client is behind my shoulder with a USB stick in hand. <laughs> and you know what? Yeah. Never a good idea to piss off someone who is nice to you and also signing your checks. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so uh... it's like, this is where, yeah, this is where it's a, it's a tricky balance and no situation is much like any other. And uh, yeah, there's no clear cut solutions. There's no cookie cutter approach. You just, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, you just find your own way. And if it's slightly off compared to someone else, well, I mean, we're artists, we're individuals. We're all messed up in our own unique ways. You oh know, yeah. It. And yeah, there's no such thing as perfect, right? You're always going to be compromising in one way or another, compromising to meet like uh, a certain need of a client, right? Something that they want. You're going to have to compromise uh, because of deadlines, um, you know, and, and this, this whole, uh, thing around, you know, just putting a little bit of effort in. And even for myself, like, you know, there's, uh, there are shoots that I kind of just need to do a repetitive thing and kind of come up with like a list of shots to get and kind of just like uh, a bit of a procedure for things. Um, but it's all, it's also really important, uh, for me that I experiment with stuff. In fact, we just had, uh, our last guest on the podcast, uh, Corinne talked about, uh, shooting in black and white. So I've been editing some of my photos in black and white, you know, just like another, another thing that I haven't really focused on and, uh, and another place to, to learn and develop by doing exactly what you're saying, right? Like don't just take the picture as it is think like, okay, what could this be? What meaning could this convey? How, how could this be, you know, a, a much more, right? Not just a, uh, you know, Instagram, uh, little picture, Instagram story, but a true, true photo, right? A true, uh, true work of art. It's not that hard. It doesn't take that much effort to, to, to go over the line. Right. Yeah. You know, Jared, it's actually, it's funny you bring up that Korean podcast because, um, you know, tying that to uh, what Alex was just talking to, uh, you know, having tight deadlines, you know, she was talking about, you know, those days shooting festivals and, and you know, sometimes yeah, that, was you, neat. that was nuts to hear that. That was nuts. That was nuts, man. And you are on like a crazy, yeah. crazy timeline. You're shooting one band and she was saying some of these and they're bands, on the website they in have, 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. They want to have these photos up. She's rushing. She's getting them in. So yeah. I think, I think one tip to also take away uh, and, you know, to speak to what she probably really has to do is make sure you have it as good as possible in camera um, before, you know, let, letting that go, I guess, because, you know, with her, I don't think she even has the opportunity to edit. Well, uh, in my daytime job, being a photojournalist, I'm yeah. not legally allowed to edit. Oh, oh wow. Oh. You cannot compromise the integrity of story. You cannot add or subtract anything from what's been said or done, neither in text nor in the image. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I have to shoot everything perfect right away, which means that if I arrive anywhere, I have to take a couple of test shots, making sure that everything looks good in camera. And if it means that I have to be able to tweak all of my camera settings and do my test shots on the course of like 20 seconds, well, I better know what I'm doing or else, guess what? Having editor in chief unhappy, not good in my job. <laughs> no, I, don't, I don't think it's good in any job if your boss yep. is pissed off at you, yep. right? It's not, but you know it's what? Not... <laughs> yeah. You know what? Um, on a on a subject of uh, you know the effort and uh, sort of you know getting into it. Um, back when I was uh, you know back when I was allowed to. Uh, you know, congregate with people and uh, mm -hmm. everything. Uh, I was doing a little bit of uh, workshops and like little one-off uh, things and one-on-one -on -one and small, uh, you know, uh, microscopic private courses. And one of the things that I used to do is a very interesting exercise. I would uh, tell people to pick any object around them. Doesn't matter what it is. Anything that's, you know, tangible, and they can walk around. I mean, don't put a handgun because you probably can't walk around with that thing in Toronto. But short of that, just pick something that you can carry around anywhere, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. You know, laws of physics are your uh, limitation. Once people pick that, 
with that picture, with that object uh, being the main subject of the picture, take me three pictures. Positive emotion, negative emotion, travel story. And uh, it's pretty easy to shoot, I don't know, a pen. You know, but show me a sad or negative story about a pen or maybe a positive story about a pen. You know, show me a travel story about a pen. And um, not a lot needed for that. You know, it's not about, you know, create me a perfect, no reflection image of the shiny product. Yeah, not a technical stuff, but start thinking about how to show things. You know, if you're looking at your subject and uh, you see, I don't know, a brass trap is sticking out. You know, it's not a lot of effort to say, hey, your bra strap is showing out, you may want to, you know, tuck it in. It takes what, 10 seconds to say, five seconds to fix, all of a sudden, mm -hmm. the image in general looks better. Some people care, some people don't. But it's not a big thing to fix. You know, realign your lights a little bit, and uh, sorry, I haven't really gotten deeper into your question about what my technological approach to lights, uh, which I might as well just do in a moment. We'll have but, to have uh, you back on uh, for a, for another episode, and we'll do another another hour on. Well, you uh, know what? If you're willing <laughs> to actually, you know, drop by with a mobile camera and stuff, I'll have no problem actually running a studio session. I set my little living room as a studio, so I can show how in a standard downtown apartment it's possible to get some you know, studio decent work done. And if you've seen my portfolio, a fair bit of my work is done right here in my living room, like a few feet over from where I'm sitting right now. Mm -hmm. um, and in that case, yeah, I can totally go over the, you know, the equipment I'm using, why mm -hmm. I choose this and that, and, you know, what my approach to uh, setting everything up and how you deal with everyday challenges. Not everybody can blow, you know, 100 bucks uh, an hour or 200 bucks an hour to rent, like, mint room or something mm -hmm. but yeah many people can have access to a garage or a large enough room which again comes to the matter of effort because you know what i have to pick all of my furniture so that it's easy to move around that took some research and thinking planning measuring and everything you know i made sure that at least one of my couches is actually a pretty looking couch and i had to go and pick it up by myself you know, costed me a few favors to exchange for someone with a truck and everything so that I can get a couch that can be used as a prop. And it has been used nice. as a prop a number of times. You know, all of these things, you know, like um, living, knowing that, you know, I, I can't just create a massive, you know, reclining lounge in my living room because I use it as a studio. I need to have a fair bit of free space. So dealing with that is another element of effort that I'm willing to put into being able to uh, turn my room on the course of less than five minutes into a studio. So it's, um, it's a very interesting broad kind of a concept about, you know, just doing a bit more than a bare ass minimum mm -hmm. is actually a phenomenal, <laughs> Makes a big phenomenal tool. Also, because once you stepped it up a little bit, got used to it, now what you're doing is your bare-ass minimum, which means you can move on. Yeah, it's true. And there is no end to yeah. that. You know, the perfection is unattainable, but that shouldn't stop you from striving for it. Great. That's some wisdom. We'll leave that as the uh, the last word of the podcast. Uh, Alexi, as always, I really appreciate you being here, man. Um, Pleasure. I think uh, Michael and I will definitely at some point be taking you up on that offer. Maybe we'll even come and shoot a, shoot mm -hmm. an episode of Bros right there in the, uh, in the Malakov studio. I don't know. Something like that could be possible. Um, yeah. Other than in your own apartment, um, where can people find you if they want to uh, check out some well, more I do of your, have, your work? Uh, I do have a Facebook that I became more or less uh, active on again. Mm -hmm. uh, simply, you know, during the pandemic stuff, being mainly an event photographer, you know, I took some time off internet and just focused on, uh, you know, learning my own stuff, you know, studying classics mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, understanding the conceptual part of the art over the pandemic. Um, you know, a um, little bit of photography, a little bit of alcoholology. Uh, 
they go well so, together actually they work well um, together. yeah uh mm-hmm. and so but yeah i became pretty active on uh, facebook uh yet again so anybody can find me and you know my personal account or uh, my uh, studio work if they want to see some of my work i have a website with a contact forum those are pretty much the best way uh, to contact me yeah i'm generally keeping my phone off uh but uh you know emails and everything gets right onto it and i like having you know a tangible you know conversation you know text and everything nice we'll we'll uh link all that stuff it's is it openistudio.ca though the website yes it is Oh, look at that. Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, so other stuff, I'll start uh, start running that outro music probably around here. We'll start bringing in the outro music because we have people to thank. Michael, who do you want to thank? Uh, I want to thank uh, our guest for oh. coming on. Oh. Thank you uh, so much for being here, man. Good to meet you. Uh, glad. Looking forward to meet you in person. Like Jared said, hopefully we can shoot uh, the next time in person. Um, want to thank Jared for 25 episodes, my guy. A little, uh, little, little cheers for you here. I don't think you have any. I'll go. I got water. one after. I, I have right. some. Uh, I'll have a. This could be a vodka, though. I don't know. It's a vodka. Yeah, yeah. There you go. But I've got, um, a, I've then, got a beer yeah. to celebrate after the show. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, legitimately, you know, it's been 25 episodes and. Uh, you know, I'm excited to see, you know, kind of where we go from there. Obviously, we've been able to, like, transition in guests and, and you know, uh, evolve the show a little bit. And I'm excited yeah. to see where we are in 25 more episodes, you know? Yeah, back at you, man. It's been awesome. Uh, other people who we need to thank as the outro music rolls, we need to thank Megan for editing the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I don't know, another random person to thank um we will thank alexi you do one who do you want to thank well um short of myself we did uh, that we both thanked you i'm pretty sure mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> uh well first of all thank you for having me over it's uh <laughs> no you know, being on uh being on a podcast and uh you know being interviewed is still a fairly new thing for me even pretty fun my, pretty fun right uh, first one and, uh, you know, thank you for giving me a chance to also reflect back upon the things. And, uh, you know, it's every time you talk about these things, every time you have to go into depth, it's a chance to reevaluate, go over it and see if it still rings true to, you know, your art, your philosophy, your kind of life setup and everything. That, that's uh, you why know, we do it every week, bud. Yep. And um, I mean, one of the things that... Uh, <laughs> One of the things that, you know, one of the things that I'd like to give is uh, to my uh, art mentor, who's, you know, living two hours away from Toronto, so he can't really be here with me. But he said a few very interesting things for me that kind of, you know, started rolling this whole idea of growth through the putting effort. And probably one of the best things he told me is, if you don't see a mistake in your work, it simply means that you don't have enough theory to understand where a mistake is. And that has been haunting me and propelling me through my entire career and probably will do forever. Nice, and his name is? His name is Alex, just like me. Alex, We also look very similar, except for I have all the hair and he doesn't. Okay, all right. (laughs) (laughs) So Alex, no hair. Uh, Thank you to Alex without the hair. Um, what he doesn't have in hair, he makes up for in photography skill, right? Yes, he does. He and, was teaching uh, me. Yeah, nice. And uh, other other things we need to do before we get out of here. That's uh, that's everyone we need to thank. That's all the all the thanks that we need to really give today. Uh, but we do need to recommend some content. So uh, if you want to check out some more of Michael Costa's content, um, skipped a couple of weeks, I gotta say, on the Michael Costa music. But I mean, I guess that just means that he's um, uh, gaining more power uh, in that when he comes out with a new episode of uh, Michael Costa reacts uh, music to music. It'll be one of the best uh, episodes that anyone has ever seen of anything uh, anywhere. Right, Michael? Exactly. Yeah, 100%. Yep. 
Yep, yep. And if you want to check out uh, other great content, uh, if you're listening to this on Spotify, go ahead and click that little, um, uh, what do you call that? A magnifying glass? Yep. Magnifying, go, yeah. Yeah, click on that. Um, and you can magnify your knowledge of all of the great dogs of history. Uh, brought it up as a joke on the last uh, podcast, but uh, my fiance Masha will be covering um, the Taco Bell dog on, uh, on Masha and the dog. In fact, by the time this is up, um, don't know why I'm looking at my watch. Like that's not really going to tell me information. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but by the time that's up, uh, this this episode will be up. So you can go listen to that right now. Um, but thank you so much for listening uh, to this, and uh, we will see you uh, next week. Cheers.